A guest on CNN says that Biden picked his Secretary of Defense as a way of paying the debt that he owed to black Americans. And Politico reveals its inside scoop on Biden. He uses thumbs up emojis. And New York Governor Cuomo thought it would be a good idea to compare himself to De Niro and Pacino, two men known for their roles as mobsters who kill people. Uh, maybe not the best idea. We've got all that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Hey there, welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez while she is out on maternity leave. With me today, I'm lucky to have Mr. Glenn Beck, the host of the Glenn Beck Program. Thanks yep, for being thank here. You. And Elijah Schaefer, host of Slightly Offensive here on Blaze TV. Thank you. It's my two-year wedding anniversary today, by the way. Hey, is it really? Happy, yep. anniversary. happy anniversary. Your wife's thank been you. on the show many times. We it love and adore her. Only she's gets great. better. I imagine she gets. She's she's honestly very beautiful and she's amazing. Oh, she is. Every time she comes on the show, I have so many people message me and be like, "Is she single? Is she single?" And I'm like, "No, no. Let me direct you to who she's married to." Yeah, talk you don't to want me to mess first. With this yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So I want to start off with this story. Boy, I think this is going to get a lot of people upset. CNN's Don Lemon. He was with his guest, who is Progressive Minister Michael Eric Dyson. They were praising. Former Vice President Joe Biden for reportedly picking a black man for Secretary of Defense because it was a way of paying the debt that he owed to black Americans. Here's the clip. This defense secretary thing is big with uh, General Michael Austin. What do you think? Oh, it's it's beautiful. Look, have you ever heard a president say before, I owe you. Yeah. I owe you a debt. You hook me up. I'm hooking you up. I've never heard a president. I've studied presidential rhetoric. I've studied president's interactions with black America. I've never heard that. And so the attempt to follow up and to follow through by President-elect Joe Biden uh, mm -hmm. is worthy of note. And I think he's been doing a, a very good job so far. You've got to balance all the considerations of the competing interests that are vying for your time and representation. But I think black people are well-deserved. And this uh, choice of General Austin today is uh, truly outstanding. Can I, may, I ask, may I ask a question? Is that what the average black voter was like? Just he's got to pay me back. He's got to pay me back. Ah, secretary of defense. Don't know the guy, but he's black. I feel paid back. How insulting is that? Mm -hmm. How insulting? First of all, if you like the guy and he's been somebody that's been a champion, you know, of the black community and everybody loves him and whatever, that's different. I don't think that's the case with this guy. And where were they on Colin Powell? I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like, yes, first secretary of defense. There is a problem with that. Mattis was brought in and I didn't like the way Mattis was brought in because you're supposed to be out of the military for seven years. We have a civilian run military. Well, everybody made a big deal at Mattis. We shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. Now Joe Biden does it. He's only been out of the military, I think, for three years. Are, is there just a new normal now that we all have to get prepared for and it's just it doesn't the rules and the standards just don't matter anymore. don't apply well it was interesting too um because dyson went on to say having justice clarence thomas also a black man on the supreme court he said it didn't count because what? he wasn't liberal in his thinking oh oh i'm sorry we gosh i was thinking that martin luther king was still somebody we celebrated in this country how again offensive is that mm -hmm. just because of the color of your skin 
you have to think a certain way. Can you imagine if we got on and said uh, every Asian is brilliant at math? Uh, that would be called racist. Mm -hmm. No, they're not. Every white person is this. Every white person is a conservative. No, they're not. Yep. You can attest to that. Yeah, well, yeah, and definitely I can say white people are not all conservatives, but I think this is what's so crazy is it's like saying, okay, cool. Now we have a, we had a white person in charge of bombing the Middle East and continuing wars. Now let's uh, put a black person in charge of this, right? Let's, let's just put a black person up there so that we can change the name of the game because what black people really want to feel justified is somebody in charge of, of defense. And you, and you look at this and you go, number one, how sad is this that the Democrats believe that black people are so enslaved to the tribal mentality and the thinking that they've laid out as a trap mm -hmm. that they believe that they can prove the quality and the qualifications of a person just because of their skin color. And it's like, what about Condoleezza Rice? Yeah, what about Colin Powell? What about these people that were out there? What about, what about Donald Trump, who actually did? He didn't pay anybody at, back. He just did the right thing for the black community. He actually changed the average person's life. That's not good enough. But this is it's laughable. insulting. It's laughable. Yeah. A lot of people um, weren't happy. Um, some progressive far-left Democrats decried the pick over Austin's ties to a defense contractor. Um, let's see, Marianne Williamson, who is a former Democratic presidential candidate, she said a sitting board member of military industrial contractor Raytheon should not be heading the Pentagon. Terrible choice. I hope progressives in Congress will speak up loudly. I will tell you that I did a monologue. I have to look it up. Um, but I did a monologue when Obama was uh, fighting in uh, Syria and Iraq, and we were running arms to what became ISIS. And if you remember right, um, it wasn't it wasn't going well, uh, and there were leaks um, about what was happening. And uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He was the leak. So he's a guy who helped Joe Biden and Barack Obama actually look good and leaking. So when he's paying somebody back, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll check and I'll have it on radio tomorrow. But if I'm not mistaken, the payback is for that. Wow. That would be huge if that's true. All right. So let's talk about Politico because they have a huge scoop for us. OK, they have uncovered what Joe Biden reads and watches. Oh. <gasps> They're also really portraying this in a very positive light, unlike the way they did for President Trump when they talked about him watching Fox News. So Jay Carney, Biden's communications director, let them know when he was vice president, he said Biden reads a lot, but doesn't watch a lot of TV news. Well, except Morning Joe, which Biden watches while he gets ready in the morning. And then he also watches uh, CNN at night. And then he watches Fox News for whenever he's mentioned because he feels like he needs to know how sort of mm. the other side is portraying him to that mm. audience. He also watches Matlock and Columbo. <laughs> uh, this is like, and gift. This is like the gift that I wanted mm. for my anniversary, you know, to know what, actually what he watches, watches and what he doesn't watch. Basically, mm. they're just saying, you know, he watches the media. Mm -hmm. And it's and what I also think is kind of weird, too, is that you see how blatantly not only against 
Trump the media has been, but you can see how much the media is already propagandizing, almost like you feel like you're in China or in Russia or something during the USSR, that they're coming out and they're saying, look at this guy, he's a human. You know, if you go to Target, they have a, a children's book section. It's all propagandized with far left rhetoric oh, and yeah, extreme yeah. ideas. And at the top of the list, it's a book written by Jill Biden about little Joe Biden and his life for children, just to make him seem like he's this real likable guy. Since when did we like a politician who's, by the way, responsible for endless wars? I mean, what did Barack Obama and them do to get us out of any war, mm -hmm. except add additional wars and bomb more countries? I mean, this is not a man who really fought for liberal ideologies. I mean, he said he didn't want his kids raised in a racial jungle. He, you know, I mean, that's kind of a racist thing from, you know, to hear. I know there's some context with what he was talking about, people say, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, but contextually, that would be considered racist if I said it, if you said it, mm -hmm. or if she said it, mm -hmm. but he gets a pass, meaning it is so insane for me to watch, like, we live in a free nation, in a free country, and we're supposed to have a free press, but really the press, I mean, I wouldn't even just say they're bought out by China, but, I mean, you have to ask, what are they gaining out of making him look? like he's some sort of superhuman. I will tell you that they have been bought out by China. Tomorrow night, we are doing a special on the new digital dictators, as we call them, and the end of freedom of speech. And we started looking into the fact checkers. Well, you'll never guess who one of the big fact checkers is for Facebook and Google. Drumroll. China. A, are you shocked? A, a Chinese Shocker. company that works in China, with China, to fact check their news, okay, funded by China, is one of the big fact checkers here and now in America. Why would we ever want a Chinese company yes. to fact check us? It's so laughable. It is insanity. Well, and something else, too, that... I, they really are trying to frame Joe Biden like he's kind of the the hip, cool president. He's the coolest 78-year-old guy you've right, ever exactly. seen, right? So one thing that they found important enough to include is that sometimes Biden uses the thumbs up emoji, saying that he's he's <laughs> fluent or at least proficient in emoji. So wow. he knows how to use one of them. So apparently now he's a, a master Holy of emoji use. Holy <laughs> And I saw he's also he also does the OK sign. <laughs> which we now know is racist. Mm -hmm. So was he signaling? I saw a picture with him the other day doing this. Yep. Was he signaling? Yes. We might have. Gotta keep he, our eyes on he that. also, when he broke his foot, wore a slip on, I think it was a pair of Vans, and then one of his <laughs> shoes that was a dress shoe showing people like he's both an establishment player, but he's also hip and cool too. That's Don't you love that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to talk a little bit about Biden, but... Uh, Schumer's kind of speaking for him a little bit. So Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, he said yesterday that former President Joe Biden is considering for giving $50,000 in federal student loan debt for every borrower with an annual salary that's under $125,000. This is something that would place a really heavy tax burden on, on no, you, you and I. No, you just print the money. Yeah, we that's what everyone seems to think. $11 trillion so far. $11 trillion. <laughs> Recently, we have printed, the Federal Reserve has printed three quarters of all of the money that they printed in the last 107 years. They've printed three quarters of that amount just during the COVID uh, year. That's terrifying. Well, let's listen to the clip of uh, Chuck Schumer, what he had to say about it. We have come to the conclusion that the President Biden can undo this debt, can forgive $50,000 of debt the first day he becomes President. You don't need Congress. All you need is the flick of a pen. 
That is a dictatorship. President-elect Biden, then President Biden, can make this happen. That's what we are urging to do. We're ready for questions. Only on topic. Yes, I have spoken to him. I have told him how important it is. He is considering it. Okay, this is to block. Uh, if you watch the old Hollywood squares, I'll take Schumer to block AOC. Mm-hmm. This is for him to block his left flank. Um, that's what he's doing here. He's trying to lead this. Um, to say that the president, with a flick of a pen, can relieve the debt of $50,000 per individual is like saying the president with a flick of a pin could build a wall uh, to Mexico. He cannot. Mm -hmm. He cannot. All spending must start with the House, then go through the Senate, then to the president. I will tell you, class action lawsuit, if I I have to tell you, I I don't know what I will do. I didn't go to college. I went to one semester because it's all I could afford. My parents didn't send me to college. They couldn't send me to college or anybody else in my family. We all had to work our own way. I'm saving up for my children's college, but I'm still going to require them, if they go to college, I'm going to require them to work to pay for part of it. All of those people who have worked, all of those people who have sweated, all of those businesses that have now lost their business because the government said, you're out, you've got clothes, they've lost it. Those people, we have to carry the people who knowingly signed their name on a loan. They knew what they were doing. They're saying now, Schumer is now saying that, oh, no, well, they don't know. You know, they're young. It's predatory loans. But an eight-year-old can change their sex. I've had enough. Makes I've had enough. no sense. Yeah, and I'll be and I'll say guilty as charged here. You know, my parents uh, were not the smartest financially, and they told me to go to a private school and take on loans. And mm. I did take them on. But I've never once felt a lack of responsibility for them. Like, there's never been a decision in my life to where I've just woken up and said, yeah, this was somebody else's fault. Because in the end, I know that I agreed to what I agreed upon. I took on those loans. And I don't expect the government to pay them off for me because I have this crazy plan that I realize for everything the government pays for me, I end up paying the government back for it tenfold mm-hmm. long term through raised taxes. And so I would much rather pay my refinance through SoFi, you know, refinance mm-hmm. loan at 4% then suddenly have a hike in taxes the long term. And I think that's what people don't understand. The government cannot forgive debt. Right. The government, they just take it on, right? I mean, the government cannot really forgive anything. And they can't give you anything. They can only redistribute. Either And now what the government is doing is they're redistributing based off of future bets. And this is what scares me the most. And this is actually why I left California. When I started seeing that, like, mayors and governors and people that are working in this executive enforcement type of of situation in the government are now acting as a legislature's rogue, deciding how they're going to move policies around to affect the people, I realize that the balance of power, the very fascism that that the liberals and these people at riots are always warning me about, is already in place in these states and these cities and in this administration, saying that we, not elected to do this, are going to do things outside of our power. That's insanity. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but that is what Texas is suing four states over for I this election. That. It's that principle. You don't have the right to change those laws. 
Only the legislature of each state does. Nobody else, none of these unelected officials, no governor. It's clear. It's in the Constitution. You cannot do it. Every time we dismiss the smallest, this is a pretty big one, but the, every time we dismiss just a little bit of power taken, we are responsible for the destruction of our country. Mm-hmm. It's that clear. We're at the end. You either have a dictatorship or you have a representative government, uh, a, a republic where the voters and the power is with the people. It's clear which one the left wants. You are on fire today. Oh. I'm looking forward to these like, next segments. <laughs> I like I like Glenn when he's like this. I do too. It, <laughs> this is a, this it gets is a, me all fired up like too. This is like 8am Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. Whether it's back or knees or neck or shoulder pain, the underlying cause well, it's likely inflammation. You have to defeat inflammation though or it can cause permanent damage. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL attacks the inflammation that is causing your pain. And it's brilliant because pain relievers and topical rubs, those just mask the problem. Omega XL neutralizes the inflammation that causes the painful stiff joints and muscles. There was a doctor that said, with my prescription pad, I can't write anything that comes close to doing what Omega XL does. So if you are suffering with aches and pains and stiffness, you need to try Omega XL. So let's get you started. Order Omega XL now. Get a second bottle free. Visit OmegaXL.com slash news. That's OmegaXL.com slash news. Or you can call 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. We'll be back in just a minute. President Trump, he is expected to sign an executive order this week on the distribution of the coronavirus vaccine. And this would put some pressure on Joe Biden should he take office. So this executive order will ensure that all Americans have access to the vaccines before the U.S. government starts to ship the vaccine to other nations. Mm. Um, Now, there's an official that said the U.S. would most likely not start shipping vaccines to other nations until at least late spring. And that would only occur after Americans who want to be vaccinated receive it. This comes in kind of a stark contrast to what Dr. Zeke Emanuel, who's working with Biden, has proposed, which is, hey, give the vaccine to other nations before all Americans have the opportunity to receive it. But there's a constitutional law professor, Jonathan Turley. He noted the political impact this move by Trump would make uh, on Biden, saying lame duck executive orders can set up a successor to force him to openly adopt controversial positions. Today's vaccine order could have that effect. So they both had a press conference today, um, uh, Donald Trump in the White House and then the, quote, president-elect, who is not the president-elect until the electors are set. Um, He had a press conference and he introduced his new health cabinet. Uh, Donald Trump was actually talking about the vaccine, how it was going to be distributed, when it would be distributed, how quickly it would be distributed, all this. Uh, It was strange because CNN didn't cover any of the White House press conference. Instead, talked about future plans of making sure that every American would have the vaccine by 2022. Okay, the end of 2021 or 2022. That would not be happening if it was uh, Donald Trump. And I have no problem giving our vaccine if we are looking at COVID with true eyes. 
it, you are 1,000 times less likely to get COVID if you're in your 20s, 30s, or below. You have almost no chance of getting it from schools, okay? But we have to have all of our kids vaccinated. I'm sure they're going to say we're going to all have to have a passport with our vaccine. No, let's give it to the people who are most vulnerable and most likely to get COVID. Not the half a percent that is is left, not even half a percent, like 0.2% of the population that is under 70 that might get it. Why would we vaccinate everyone? Mm -hmm. I have no problem. After you've vaccinated everyone who's at risk in America, go ahead. Right. We're benevolent, but... I don't need need it. That's what I was going to tell someone. I don't feel personally the need when I've looked at the risks. I know... But you don't know what's good for you. Well, yeah, but even that's what Ben Shapiro got... Try to school me today on Twitter being like, you guys should all take the vaccines, you dopes. He said, and I respect the guy. He's a smart guy. Mm. But I'm going, no, Ben, this is, I have to respectfully disagree. If you don't take the vaccine, you're not a dope. You're not dumb. Some people are maybe not taking it because they're dumb and they're just thinking, you know, this is like some sort of cyanide injection or something. Mm-hmm. But to the majority of us, I'm going, I've looked at in my age range, in my age range, people say, you know, they look at the whole picture. I'm like a 99.98 or 99% susceptible to survival, not even to morbidity, right? So to me, taking something that's 95% successful and even taking it off the market doesn't even make sense, like you said, for distribution. But why, why, would, I t- why, why would I go out of my way to take this? So one of, the, one of the biggest names in vaccines was on my show today. Uh, he's a Harvard medical professor. Now, now his credentials are up you know, up for question because of what he's saying. But he said, um, I would give it to my mother. I would give it to a grandmother. I would recommend that they take it, especially if they're in ill health or over 70. But my daughter, I'm not going to tell my daughter she should take it. And I'm kind of in the middle. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I won't. I'll wait to see the results. This idea that people your age need to take this mm-hmm. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It, we, we, we don't know, truly know the long lasting effects of this. Right. If you are in danger of getting it, sure, take the vaccine. If you're out of danger of getting it, what are you doing? Right. Why are they forcing us? The other thing that Joe Biden said in that meeting today was, His first 100 days, mandated masks. Every federal building, every bus, every public transportation, every airplane, mandated by the federal government, you must wear a mask. It does make me upset, though, and I brought this opinion up because... Like when someone like Ben, who I know where he's coming from, he's very smart on policy and he's Mm. thinking he's very right on on a lot of economic things. But when it comes to something like, you know, a vaccine, it's like my background's actually in in microbiology, in chemistry, in these kinds of things. I've studied vaccines very deeply. I understand them and I'm not afraid of them. In fact, I would consider myself to be pro-vaccine. But when I look at this, one thing that makes me afraid, too, is that we've never in recent history had such a mass spread, just like the widespread voting, a push for a vaccination. Now, if you've already seen some of the superbugs we've had develop from widespread and mandatory compulsory use of antibiotics, the doctor, they just give you a Z-pack. It's like you have anything. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Now we have these incredibly difficult to attack bacterial infections across our country that are deadly and have spread to other parts of the world but originated largely in western civilized countries now if we've seen the approach to bacterial infections which are living organisms 
And we know that in many cases and in many ways, viruses have a high mutation rate and they can change. And we've already seen multiple strains develop during this herd immunity and development against uh, COVID-19. Coronavirus is being prol proliferated across the world in many different varieties and formats. I'm just going, I don't know if the best thing to do up front is to shock this virus with this mass introduction well, and then it mutate into something that we can't attack. Like, you know what I'm I saying? Think you are, I, I think you're onto something. But I think you also have to look at the ramification of having everyone have a vaccination passport. The app is already online. They've already developed this. You can go places. You can go to a restaurant. You can go to a movie theater. You can go to a show. You can do it if you've had the vaccine. So everybody has to have the vaccine if you want to be in normal life. Well, what happens when there is a real deadly virus mm -hmm. a deadly plague of something if they can take this kind of control when something is only 90 or when it's 99.3 percent everybody's fine only 0.7 percent of the population is going to die from it if they take this much power what what power do you have left what power do you have left and what do they do when when a SARS is as deadly as SARS could have been, yep. then what? That's the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night, trying to think like, what if? Well, the, the SARS virus, it, it came back during the, Clinton, or during the Obama administration. We've had these over and over mm -hmm. again. So when we get the next SARS, because there will be a next SARS, mm -hmm. when we do, do we shut the whole world down mm -hmm. again? Well, I hope not. Well, we can't talk about coronavirus without talking about Cuomo and Fauci, so we're going to talk about that next. <laughs> but first, we want to thank our sponsor, Gabby Insurance. You know, you are probably overpaying on car and home insurance. I mean, you'd love to save money, but is spending hours on your own shopping for a lower rate, maybe to save a few bucks, worth it? Eh, probably not. So do what I did, use Gabby. Gabby does all the work for you in just a few minutes. And get this, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive and Nationwide and Travelers. You just link your current insurance account and in just minutes, you're gonna be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. So that's what I did. I logged in with my insurance provider. Gabby showed me multiple quotes so I could see how much money I could save. And if they can't find you savings, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing that you already have the best rate out there and they will never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. So you are probably overpaying on your car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It is totally free to check. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash Y. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash Y. We'll be right back. Cuomo and Fauci, I think they think of themselves as somewhat a dynamic duo. We have a clip. Let's take a listen. I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to, uh, to you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whichever you want. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. <laughs> 
Fauci I'll and Cuomo. I'll give you a front. But who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want to be? I love them both. <laughs> I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. Who's the politician? So they basically just compared themselves to mobsters that murdered. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Tons of people. Yeah, I want to be Michael Corleone. Ah, <laughs> let me be Michael. Jeez. And, and, and a little arrogant, but he did win an Emmy. Yeah, he, he did. he's a good actor. Yeah. I would say this. People were very mad that he won the Emmy, but I would say that there's been nobody in this pandemic, maybe other than Fauci, that has actually truly acted uh, in such a convincing manner, right? And the theatrics were, were really amazing it's, in the press briefings. It's unbelievable that that guy gets an Emmy, an Emmy, uh, and they're serious about it. Yeah. I mean, Isn't it funny, Donald though? Trump doesn't get an Emmy. Isn't it for... funny though to watch it crumble though? Because I mean, oh, the yeah, ratings were already going down, and we knew that it was it was biased. It wasn't based off of merit or actual talent or skill. I mean, I even think that Ricky Gervais made a comment at the uh, one of the Golden Globes recently, where he was like, "Oh, um, we're going to find out whoever won. I mean, whoever paid the most money to uh, make sure they bought the award for their movie. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and everyone it's like because oh, it was true. just like wow. It's true. Ricky Gervais, I love. He's the most yeah. honest guy out there. Well, and I just wonder if the family members of people who had loved ones who died in those nursing homes in New York City, if they find this funny. No, they, they probably agree that he's Michael Corleone. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, take you out, he'll take you out on the boat on the lake and shoot you in the back of the head. I mean, the guy is, has killed as many people as a mobster, probably a lot more than the Gambino family combined yeah. has killed. So might as well be a mobster. Yeah, perfect comparison. All right, so an alleged Chinese spy was operating in California's Bay Area during the Obama administration and got so close to Democratic Representative Eric Swalwell that federal investigators had to step in and actually alert the congressman about it. Um, Now, the suspected foreign agent was named Christine Fang. It says that she targeted up-and-coming local politicians in the Bay Area and across the country who had the potential to make it big on the national stage as part of a years-long operation run by China's main civilian spy agency. And this happened between 2011 and 2015, as reported by Axios. No. They are friends. They're not our competition. They're friends. We should we should go over there and give them everything. In fact, we should get a president who could get his son to go over and help them buy the companies that are currently trying to steal our nuclear secrets and our secrets on stealth. Oh, no, Biden's son already did, did that. that. That sucks. Disappointing. I was thinking we were onto something there for yeah. a moment. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, you know, like they, someone stole the trade secret, but also Swalwell. I mean, this is why, like, Swalwell actually is so petty. And I remember he added me on Twitter, called on the FBI to run an investigation and to put me under some red flag laws federally, which really don't exist. I don't know what he was talking about because I said that, you know, people like him is the reason why the Second Amendment exists. And to watch that sort of pride and that moment where an individual who's but he's like maybe a D-list or a C-list 
politician? Oh, you're being kind. Okay, he's okay. He's on the list. He's somewhere on the list. I don't know, but he, you know, he's there. And for him to like publicly flex the FBI to go out there, you go. That sounds like something totalitarian. Even if it's, I know we live in America. It's not really going to happen. I'm going. You're talking about laws that don't really exist. Calling on an agency that you don't really have the power to manipulate like that mm-hmm. in a public forum. Where are you getting your influence? <laughs> you it's, go. Well, oh, here it is. Okay. And you know what's sad is. You're absolutely right. It doesn't mean that you go out and shoot somebody. It means the Second Amendment is there for an out-of-control government. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really interesting. If people were wondering kind of why Christine Fang was, was doing this and what she was hoping to achieve, well, China's been sending these spies over and kind of embedding them with politicians before they reach the national stage, hoping to influence them tor- towards pro-Beijing policies for later on. So she, once the FBI started investigating, uh, Fang abruptly left the United States back in 2015 without any warning. Uh, they believe Chinese authorities called off her covert duties and had her return back home. Why was the FBI looking at her? Were they profiling her? Were they just looking at her because she's Chinese? Is that what's happening here? Very interesting. Racists. Hmm. No, but you see, you guys are also already wrong. Uh, you know, it's Russia that we have to worry about, you know, because the USSR will rise again, you know, right. it's all the Russian mm-hmm. spies because, you know, it's not like they're like, I think they're their first world index for the GDP are like 71 or whatever they're considered, like between second and third world. I mean, we have all this focus on Russia, I believe is part of the, the Beijing influence to get people to not look at what's really happening. Of course it is, yeah. But no, but nobody cares. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's like we're back on sale to China. We are. We're back on sale to China if Biden is elected. Oh, yeah. And, and we'll, we won't change the way we make our medicine or anything. Didn't we learn our lesson when we all realized, crap, they make our medicine? They make all of that stuff? None of that will come back home. We don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but the National Counterintelligence and Security Center Director William um, Evanina told the Aspen Institute that China has launched an influence campaign on steroids targeting Biden. So he basically said China was trying to elect Biden and that China had the most sophisticated global influence programs and strategies and abilities and capabilities in the world. So what is it going to take for Biden to admit China is a threat? I mean, you've got all of these other sources saying they are the biggest threat to us right now. He won't. All you have to know about China is they have one skyscraper, one skyscraper. I think it's in Beijing and it is dedicated to one thing. Every office in that building is dedicated to hack in to our Defense Department and our computers at NORAD, the Pentagon and everything. Every day, I can't remember how many hacks we turn away. It's like 173,000 or something. It's, it's, it's insane. Every day, that building, everyone in it goes to work to get in to our Defense Department uh, uh, computers. That sounds to me like an enemy, not a trading part- partner. Mm-hmm. What, but what is he gaining by not saying that they're a threat? Money. Power too, influence. I mean, if you even look at, I mean, I don't want to get too into all this, this stuff on the World Forum, but I mean, if, if he wins, right? I mean, this is part of, partly due to courting Beijing. And this is like people coming into power. I mean, you get allies, right? Other people who are courting Beijing. You get into power and you get into a place where I'm actually even less afraid of a Biden presidency than a Trump presidency. And I, and I explain this because with Trump, I don't know what they're going to do to try to get him out. But with Biden, we it's going to be four more years of the same thing that we've been seeing where we're just going to keep opening up, opening up our borders and keep getting more friendly and more friendly with China. 
to avoid you know conflict to create a more uh, peaceable world mm -hmm. but in the end it's like i mean come on you know what does any man have to gain from anything but the lust for power and the lust of money i mean yeah. well, and it's sad you're you're you might be right that you didn't know what was going to happen short term but long term worse is going to happen to the united states than war with china um you know their plan i think it's 2026 or 2028 we talked about it recently mm -hmm. um that that they plan on world domination and they will have it they will have it uh, if it wasn't for donald trump uh, 5g would be all over america chinese products would be giving us 5g in america that's one of the best things he did was to stop that because once china has control of information and the pipes yeah we're done yeah all right we've got to go to break we'll be right back you know in cincinnati they they uh, rca built serial numbers brought this up earlier. This is really good news. Texas filed an election challenge in the Supreme Court against four battleground states. So Attorney General for Texas, Ken Paxton, he filed a lawsuit. He's a vocal supporter of President Trump, and he argued that officials in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin violated statutes enacted by their duly elected legislatures in order to allow for increased mail-in balloting, thereby violating the Constitution. And because of the state's mail-in vote meddling, he alleges at present that electors for the state should not be allowed to cast their electoral college votes. Okay, so there's a couple of things going on. There's two points to this case that he's making. The first point is, is that they they um, did meddle. The legislature came in and said, uh, or the legislature said nothing, and local officials said, oh, you can do it this way. And the judicial system said, you can allow these votes to be counted three days afterwards. Um, that's not in the Constitution. The Constitution of the United States says that it is the legislature that has to make the election laws. No one else can do it. Not a governor, not anybody else. So when they when they change these laws but didn't go through the legislature, they're violating the not only their constitution but the US Constitution. The second um, case on this was they said, well, you can count some of these and you, you know, in your district, if you want, you can fill in all of the information on the absentee ballots. Other counties said, no, we've never done that. We can't do that. And so they weren't counted the same. That goes to Bush versus Gore. You have to count the ballots the same way. So they have a choice at this point. If it goes to the Supreme Court, and I believe that Ted Cruz has said anything that goes in front of the Supreme Court, he will argue himself. He's never lost a case in front of the Supreme Court. I personally think this one is the best case I've heard so far um, because it's accurate and it's with the Constitution. If the Supreme Court hears it, which they should, they're the only court, according to the Constitution, that settles disputes between states. So no other court in the land can settle this. Texas is saying our we played by the rules. And if we played by those rules, we could have maybe done something or the election could have been different as well. We played by the same rules. You're supposed to play by the same rules. So the choice will be you either go back and toss out all of it, which is highly unlikely, or you start uh, divvying them up 
half and half. And so the electors that will be seated will be half Republicans, half Democrats, which would then change the outcome of the election because of these four states. It's huge. Yeah, it makes me kind of excited because I almost feel like the union has lost its backbone of the state's rights and people coming out and just fighting. And I think when Abbott came out right around the election as the votes were being delayed and kind of said, we ran our elections fair and square. We were able to count the votes very quickly. We have one of the largest states in the union population wise and land mass wise. Mm -hmm. We have basically every excuse under the book to complain of why we couldn't do this or that. We also have some of like the highest infection rates, you know, not per capita, but of COVID. I mean, we could totally explain why we couldn't get this done, but we wrapped this thing up very quickly. And if we could do it, why are other states having problems? That's a genuine question. Mm -hmm. If we have the most uh, or the best excuses and we didn't need to rely on any, why are these smaller states with less votes, less people, even in some cases, I mean, even like a third or fourth of the size of Texas having these complications, especially in swing states, swing counties, right? Swing cities. I mean, this is, this is something we have to bring into question. I think it's not even a partisan issue. This should be, this should concern every American, Democrat or Republican and independent. And it, if they don't take it up, then you have to ask yourself, well, which law do we follow? Mm -hmm. Because this is decided law, Bush v. Gore. That's what, that's what it came down to. Are you going to count all votes the same or can some counties count them differently? And the Supreme Court said, no, they all have to be counted the same. Well, if they don't take this on, it's the same thing a state is filing suit against other states. The only one that can answer it is the Supreme Court. Why wouldn't you take it? Yeah, I hope they do. So this is an interesting story. We don't have a ton of time to talk about it, but there's a university that's requiring professors to include a syllabus statement committing to inclusive classroom that avoids anything that's troubling or causing offense. So this is the University of Maryland School of Public Policy. <sighs> And here's what some of it says in the syllabus they want them to, to sign and read in front of their classes. The diversity students bring to this class will be seen and treated as a resource, a strength, and a benefit. If something is said or done in this course, either by myself, students, or guests, that is troubling or causes offense, please let me know right away. Uh, they invite you if you wish to tell us how you want to be referred to, both in terms of your name and your pronouns. Then they also want you to do a land acknowledgement, saying, we acknowledge that we are gathered on the stolen land. Where is this? <laughs> this is the University of Maryland School of Public Policy. I just Policy. wanted to make sure I knew where not to send my kids and where never to live. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's really interesting, this whole land acknowledgement, uh, too, saying, you know, the land was founded by the Peace Gataway, Kanoi people, founded on the exploitation of many non-European peoples. Well, it's interesting because some people were pointing out, you know, well, what if the, that group of people stole the land from someone else right, and someone exactly. else and someone else? So, and by the way, um, the Indians, not all of them, but the big Indian tribes, they killed and ate the people they went to war with. Oh, and something else. If they captured you, you were either tortured to death. That was their culture. Torture to death or they could keep you as a slave. And they kept slaves longer than 1865. One of the last Indian reservations in America gave it up in like 1870. They had slaves on the Trail of Tears. 
the Native Americans were bringing their slaves. So please, don't tell me that this is a white problem. This is a human problem. It always has been. Amen to that. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be right back. Unless you appoint somebody at Secretary of Defense. Well, also do it, remember. So yesterday we asked you, who is the most dangerous, Biden, Kamala, AOC, or Pelosi? 58.7% of you said Kamala. Today's question, (laughs) will you be spending the holidays with friends and family, or will you be socially isolating yourself due to COVID? Oh my gosh, I'm having friends and neighbors, people I don't even know or like over to my house. <laughs> Party at Glenn's house. Yeah. Socially isolating while my family's over, yeah. but communicating when my friends are over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope all of you, if you can, are spending the holiday with friends and family because life is too short. Thanks for watching. Have a good day. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. You're, always, you're so Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.